When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but here comes a pizza. See it? This is a fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. All right, welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Reddit Talks podcast in the world. Uh, I'm on vacation. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm on my first vacation in six years. Uh, I'm in a house with two of my friends, and this is the room that I'm sleeping in. Uh, they're still downstairs. They don't care that I'm doing this podcast, so they're going to be loud. You're going to hear them the whole time. I ask them to, to not be that loud. They're still going to be loud for sure. Um but it's hey, it's the off season. This is what we do. We're on vacation. We still do podcasts. You're welcome. Uh, Pete B's here. I don't have the soundboard. Sucks. I wish I, I wish I had the soundboard with me. I don't. Uh, but Peter's here. Tyler's here, and Jake's here. Not surprisingly, uh, I'm on vacation. I'm here. Pat Light not here. Not sure what the excuse was. Did he leave one in the group text? Uh, I'm pretty sure he straight up said Thursday isn't even an option for me. Just shut the whole idea down. He's super busy. Yeah, he's got places to be. He's got things to do. Obviously, very important guy. Um, Pete, we have a we have a major announcement um, regarding you and in your future in regards to the podcast. I know a lot of people have been speculating um, about your future on the show. Uh, people right away noticed that you took the podcast out of your Twitter bio, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let you make the announcement. Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously like not not super easy. I mean we we all kind of knew that like this is not my number one priority. I said that from the beginning. Um, I was going to try to make it work as best I could and, and make it as, as, as much as I can. I've obviously missed a ton of episodes and I apologize for that. Uh, but you know, just with the way that things have worked out, um, I'm it's, you know, I just had to come to the conclusion that I'm not fucking leaving. So (laughs) one more time, I'm not fucking leaving. I'm still on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. Still on the podcast going anywhere. Not going anywhere. Just just so. wanted to make the bio look a little cleaner. That's all. Yeah, I so I took I took it out of the bio once the season ended because I was like I don't think anybody's really gonna give a shit about a Red Sox podcast that I'm on half the time, especially in the off season. Like when I'm in when I'm in hockey season, I realized that I wasn't going to be on the podcast very often, so I took the podcast out of my bio. So that people wouldn't go to the podcast looking for me and being like, where the fuck is he? So I took it out for the off season. It will be back in at the start of Ned's next Red Sox season. Um, but I did see that the subreddit, our, our beloved subreddit, 
mm-hmm. eagle-eyed subreddit noticed that I took the the podcast out of my bio, and they were like, "Oh yeah, he's he's getting the fuck out of here." <laughs> I was just like, "No, uh, no, that's not that's not what ha- what's happening." But um, we decided to have some fun with it, teased a big announcement, and don't think that I didn't fucking notice everybody that that celebrated my believed impending departure i've been taking notes i've been taking names and you're all fucked you're all fucked i will not forget this so i'm sticking around my mom was beside herself (laughs) yeah i i also will i've i have also taken notes of the people that were upset i appreciate all those people the rest can go fuck themselves yeah my mom texted me uh where is it what day was that Yesterday, I was I was uh, I felt bad because your mom seemed genuinely concerned and your mom has been like a second mom to me. So I felt a little guilty about that. So she, uh, apologies she texted to me yesterday and said she's a saint. She, she she said, what happened with Pete? And I just texted back a sad emoji. <laughs> and she said, what? And I said, you'll see you on Friday. And she said, no, it's only fucking Wednesday with the crying emoji. And I said, very sad. And she said, stop it. And then I sent her the broken heart emoji. And then she said, I'm going to kill you when I see you. But she, I mean, I'm surprised she, that she didn't just she like thought, show up to my door. She's like, so wellness check. So your mom's sitting at home right now waiting, making herself sick about what could possibly be happening to Pete. For all she knows, he's dying. Correct. Correct. I mean, I, I still, even though like that was the end of the text conversation, that was that was the extent of the conversation in its entirety. I did not I did not tell her anything about Pete. I didn't say, hey, all right, yeah, we had a little fun on text, but like don't worry, like Pete's staying. He's not dying either. Now, Ellen, I would like to extend she'll, my she'll personal find out apology about Pete's for your son's when behavior. everyone else does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't play favorites. She finds out here. when everyone else does. There's no so, preferential treatment. Pete, did anyone reach out to you, concerned? Jared, you as well, asking what was going on to try to get like the sneak preview. I got a couple like what's the announcement texts, in which I just ignored all of them because. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm not letting the big news leak out that I'm staying on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that is like that in itself is an announcement. Well, it shouldn't shouldn't have to be. There was nobody nobody ever suggested otherwise except for the subreddit. Yeah, I mean, you know, you take it out of your bio, people are going to notice that they're they're very very sleuthy listeners. I feel like they're always paying attention to everything and everything. And uh, which I love about them because it's that way it's easier to communicate with them uh, in in secretive ways. I've done that in the past where, you know, I'll just I'll just like tweets knowing that they'll see it. Like I can communicate with them without even using words. So they're smart people. We have some of the we have some of the wittiest and smartest podcast listeners in the game. I'll stand by that. This has got to be like what Taylor Swift feels like because Swifties like dissect every little nugget of information or whatever that she puts out. Mm-hmm. Like she'll, she'll buy something at like Starbucks for like $11 and 13 cents and people Swifties will be like, that means your new album is coming out on November 13th, 11, 13. Wow. It's right out in broad daylight. She can't do anything without it being dissected. So I can't take 
Uh, I can't make a change to my Twitter bio without being kicked off the podcast by the listeners. Yeah, they basically pronounce you. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Pete. Thank you. I don't. My, ha- I don't have the stand. like. If I had the soundboard, I would use the applause right now. Jake and add it in post. Thanks, Jake. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, yeah, there things things have happened, I guess, since the fucking last episode that we did. I've, I've tried to enjoy my vacation. Uh, apparently, there was a I'm going to like Tyler is basically going to steer the ship of this fucking episode because apparently there was like a like an article yesterday. Didn't see it. Um, what what fucking happened, Tyler? OK, so yesterday, the, the talk of the town, I want to say it came out probably like 6, 7 p.m. Michael Silverman had a conversation with Sam Kennedy. For those who aren't paying attention, you know the GM meetings happened last week. This week is the owners' meetings, and they don't really get the same kind of hype. But Sam Kennedy kind of went out and had the conversation and confirmed some things. I think we've seen the Xander Bogarts rumors flying left and right right now with the Phillies. You know, John Heyman connecting the Yankees to him. But Sam John Kennedy Heyman's came- a fucking idiot. Of course, huge idiot, but we know he's Scott Boris's mouthpiece, and the Yankees aren't going after Xander Bogarts. If any, if they go after anyone, if Aaron Judge walks, it will be Carlos Correa, but they have two shortstops already in the wings ready. Um, but he confirmed that the Red Sox have made two offers to Xander Bogarts, one that came during the exclusive, exclusivity period, there we go, uh, before he was a full you know, free agent and available to talk to all teams, and then they made another offer this month that was considered sweeter, that's a quote. And they feel the talks have been productive. That's really all he left it at, and saying they're continuing to have conversations with Scott and they're on standby. They also confirmed, or Kennedy confirmed, the report that Devers had received a contract extension. It wasn't just a you know birthday party visit or whatever. So shout out Janssen Pulholz and Hector Gomez. They have officially been you know confirmed by Sam Kennedy. Yeah. So who who was it that was trying to shout them down? Fucking Catillo. <laughs> Catillo uh, and I love Alex Spear. I love Catillo as well, but Alex Spear. Was there was also- another one besides Spear. There was someone else. Hmm. Oh, oh, Dan Shaughnessy and someone. Dan Shaughnessy. Oh. <laughs> Dan Shaughnessy. Oh, Dan. Hang it up, Dan. Come on. It's too bad. It's too. I want Dan to to go out with class and uh, going at pool holes in this in this day and age. With these players, come on, we gotta do better than that. Uh, Xander Bogart's getting two offers. I think so. I, I, like the fact that he hasn't agreed. Like, there's been no like breaking news. Like Red Sox, Xander Bogart's close. The fact that we haven't seen that yet doesn't necessarily alarm me because if you're Xander, you have to look at it as all right. They gave me an offer before I was technically a free agent. Cool. Um, they gave me another one that was nicer when I became a free agent. That's great too. Uh, but now you're, you're, you're training him and, and Scott Boris to be like, Hey, if we just keep waiting and we don't accept these, they're just going to keep getting better. Like, why would we, 
why would we jump at an offer? Because I'm assuming that the Red Sox, if they if they gave him an offer early in free agency, it was one of the first, if not the first, that he had in hand. So if I'm Xander, I'm not signing shit with the Red Sox until I get something that looks stupid or way over market uh, from another team to then take back to the Red Sox if his preference is to stay in Boston, which I'm assuming it still is. Like I, I don't think we're at the point now where where Xander feels insulted and he's going to be like, all right, fuck it. Like I, I, I'm not going to sign with them no matter what. Like we're not there. Like, yes, they have made insulting offers, but I don't think we're at the point now where uh, he's gone no matter what. I think it's, you know, it's smart to let the process play out. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not concerned yet. I don't know where you guys are at in terms of like, fuck, like it, it, it's mid November. It's mid November. Yeah, I think as some people have forgot what a normal offseason is like a little bit where, you know, we've had a couple of things the Tyler Anderson, Anthony Rizzo, uh, you know, a couple of relievers off the board. But, you know, it's a lot slower. You know, we're not going to have that rush we even had last year right before December 1st or whatever it was or, you know, right after the lockout itself ended. But the way I look at it is Xander's going to take his time. You made him sweat for the past year. Like if you didn't want to have to go through this whole period, you shouldn't have thrown that disrespectful offer to him in March. But now he's going to make you sweat. He's going to let the market develop. We know a guy like him. We haven't even got to the non-tender deadline. That's tomorrow. He's going to see what the Phillies are doing. You know, he's going to have these conversations. Uh, And, you know, Dave Dombrowski, we know they kind of tipped their hand a little bit already. They like Trey Turner. The the word from the GM. Yeah, exactly. Was that was their guy. And then as it got really hot, they completely poured water on it. And we're like, "Eh, you know, we'll see. We like all the shortstops. No, you tipped your hand and it became kind of obvious. Scott Boris is going to keep feeding Heyman his stuff and say, you know, the Phillies are here. They're going to try to up that offer as a whole. But yeah, I'm not sitting here and freaking out, but there is a certain group. You know, Maz had his thing came out today and he, you know, glass half full, glass half empty. He believes the Red Sox are trying to get out in front of it with the spin already that, hey, we made offers. We tried to, you know, make our best effort to sign Xander and it just didn't work out. He didn't want to come back here. Now, could you take that angle? Sure. I would go and say, well, look, they said the talks have been productive. If they weren't productive, I have a feeling Scott Boris would have been, you know, he hasn't been scared to send some subtle shots at the Red Sox in the last year, you know, going back to spring training or really the start of the season when he said, you know, this is more of an ownership conversation than a Bloom conversation. There was nothing like that when he went and had his, you know, annual meeting out there with his different, you know, analogies and everything. He said, yeah, we're, we're having talks with them. We're talking with John Henry, Tom Warner, and Hein Bloom, and we'll go from there. I think the fact that nothing negative or slap in the face has come out is a sign it's at least in the right area. And now you just, you know, he's going to wait out his market. Yeah, I feel like as long I'm as... I'm very neutral. As long as there's like progress, then I think it's okay. Like, as long as it's heading in the right direction, because you don't want the thinking to shift, because we, I think it's pretty, pretty, pretty clear that he wants to stay here. But if the thinking starts to shift where it's like, okay, I want to stay here, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen, then you start spinning the wheels. You're like, okay, where am I going to play? Where would I like to play if it's not here? And like, you don't want him to get to that point. You don't want him to like start thinking about other possibilities as either like very real or very like desirable. So as long as the talks are are making progress, I'm all right with that. I do think the longer it goes, though, like you're going to start approaching the well, you got to start thinking of contingency plans and where else you might want to play. So don't fucking take too long. Yeah. And, and, and like, and I, you know, we've made this, we've made this point a bunch of times about the leaks 
with with the Red Sox front office and Heim Bloom and, and the guys that, and, and girls that work underneath Heim, uh, take everything with a grain of salt. Because if you're hearing rumors about, oh, there's movement, Xander Bogarts, the Yankees and the Philly, like that's all Scott Boris speak. Like in, until I hear it uh, from a little bit more reputable uh, sources, which there haven't been many of those guys talking about this situation, like we haven't heard much from the Passons and the Rosenthal's of the world. Um, and then you've got. Uh, the pool hole situation, which by the way, we're now Twitter pals. We follow each other. Very excited about that. Uh, I would love to get him on the podcast at some point, which maybe we will do. Uh, but I think I, what I was starting to say was I feel very neutral on the Xander Bogarts situation right now. Like I'm, I'm skewing towards positive, neutral, a little bit positive. I got a text last night. What are we? What's today? Thursday. Yeah. I I got a text on Wednesday night that made me feel good. Like uh, nothing hmm. was guaranteed, nothing was promised. Uh it was just kind of some some reassurance from a good place that made me feel like okay, I don't feel like I'm panicking or I'm going we're going to lose Xander Bogarts. I'm also not like, well, yeah, of course he's going to come back. Like I'm not on that end of the spectrum either. I'm a little bit on the positive side of the spectrum right now, which I think is it's a safe place to be. I definitely do not want to be in a position where I'm expecting him to come back and then he ends up somewhere else. I don't want to be there. I don't want to see uh, what what puddle I will become if Xander Bogarts were to sign with the Atlanta Braves. That would really suck for for a lot of us. I think a lot of us would really be upset about that. There's probably less than one percent of Red Sox fans that were are, would not that wouldn't be upset if, if he didn't stay like it, it, it's got to be Ugh. somewhere in that percentile. It's, really? I, I, you think I, that there's more? Maybe it's because I'm in the Bluminati portion of Twitter at times, but there is a fair, I wouldn't, I'd call it like 5%. Yeah. That, single digit. Yeah. That shit on Xander. Don't believe he can play defense crap on the power and the slugging, you know, kind of trending down. The you know, last who, you know who to blame there? Who do I blame? Feels like a, I mean, Red Sox stats has been has been running the Correa to Boston train for a couple of years now. I would say that's a lot of the corner. And listen, I, if you don't get Xander, Carlos Correa would be my number two. And I know you hate Carlos Correa, Jared. Um, I mean, I, I hate him as a person. I don't hate him as a baseball player. Yeah. And I think it's a fair conversation. I think Xander does make the most sense for a multitude of reasons. If you don't get Xander, you better damn well turn to Carlos Correa. But they have the same agent. So be careful which way you walk that pathway because... Whatever you say to Boris about Correa, you know, is going to go to Xander and vice versa. I think the biggest nugget that I've been clinging to to keep me happy the last week or so has been part of that GM meetings column from Spear, where he said the Red Sox, when talking to the other agents, you know, the shortstop agents in that uh, in this offseason, they're making it clear to all of them that Xander Bogarts is their priority. So at the very least, for those who want to say, I don't give a fuck what they have to say, like, Write it in the globe a million times, you know, until you do it, it doesn't matter. At least the conversations in the back channels are matching their words at the moment. Will it stay that way? Who knows? But the fact that they're telling other agents like, no, Xander is our guy. We're going after him. We're going to keep our eyes set there. That says something I would also say, like, be careful because you're making it pretty clear that if you don't get him, all these other options, your plan B. And that's probably not the easiest way to sell someone on company. No, but yeah, I, I money's think money. I think we're 
Yeah, like where we're headed is uh, right now, today, the Red Sox feel good about bringing back Xander Bogarts and they feel good about paying Rafael Devers. But then what if they also feel good about doing a lot more beyond that? And I, I've seen I've seen some tweets out there. People being like, oh, you know, like pre- prepare yourself for the next week. It's going to be crazy. I don't think it's it's something that's going to play out over the course of a week where it's just like, bam, bam, bam. The Red Sox do this, this and that. But I think when you look back on the body of work for the entire offseason, I think we're going to look back and be like, huh, OK, like that was all right. We haven't seen that in a long time or at least ever under Bloom. I th- I Sounds like that's where things could be headed. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to get people excited. I want to get myself excited. But if that's what it sounds like internally, that's what the plan is, is because we've been saying that all along. You can't just pay Xander Bogarts, extend Rafael Devers, and then be like, fuck yeah, we crushed that offseason. You're you're simply retaining pieces of the team that just finished in last place. Like you have to then go above and beyond. Uh, I've heard the name Jose Abreu linked to the Boston Red Sox. And that seems to be genuine interest. I don't know why, like that would that be like the, the DH situation? Cause everything else that we've heard has been all oh, the Red Sox want to keep the DH spot open so they can rotate guys in and use it more of a, a, a rotating cast of characters at the DH spot. You're going to bring in Jose Abreu, presumably uh, coming off a down year, hoping for a bounce back. I know a guy that had a down year that's hoping for a bounce back. His name is JD Martinez. I don't know uh, like what the difference in cost would be. Tyler, why the fuck are you shaking your head right now at the uh, idea of J.D. Martinez coming back to this baseball team? I wouldn't call it a down year for Jose Abreu. I think it was a little bit of a bounce back. You look at 2021, it was a 124 OPS plus. It was a 133 this past year. Now, did the power go down? 100%. And I think that's where you have that conversation. It's like, if you're pursuing power, are you going to get it from him? You know, he went 30 home runs to 15. It's a little J.D. Martinez there. Now, he was a better hitter, you know, a significantly better hitter than J.D. Martinez this past year. And if you look at the baseball savant page, like it's all red circles. Like it, it looks good. It doesn't look like there's a decline there, but we're talking about a guy who is also going into what his age 36 season. So like you're not getting younger. If anything, you're getting older, but there's one difference between both of them. JD Martinez can't play the fucking field anymore. The dude hasn't gone out and played left field because his back is cramping up every single time he tries, which, Hey, I, I love JD. I got love for him, but you know, Cora was not happy at the end of the year that he couldn't go out and play in the field. Jose Abreu, you can go out and say, all right, well, he played over 120 games at first base last year. So if Tristan Casas needs a breather. What do you need him to do that for? If you get fucking, I mean, I I don't, I'm not banking on Eric Hosmer being on the fucking roster still by opening day. I think he's an interesting trade chip to have when you owe him $0, just the league minimum. And you've got three years left of control and whatever team you do trade him to, they don't have to take on that payment either. They can just be like, Hey, if it fits into the plans for one year, it's one year. If it's two years, it's two years. If it's three years, great. Like any team can just release him at no penalty. So yeah, I get, I get that you have first base options and who the fuck knows what's going to happen with Bobby Dahlbeck. I know that Tyler's been trying to trade him since fucking 2017, but he's still on the roster. You got Bob, you got fucking Hosmer, you got Cassis, Cassis. I don't know where in a Bray you would fit in unless you're just uh, going to stick him at DH. Uh, yeah, he would be at DH a majority of the time. I think the idea would be you move off Hosmer, hopefully, and he has a no trade clause, so it's it's not the easiest situation. But in this case, you Is have... Is it full? Uh, yes, it's a full no trade clause at this point. 
Uh, so when it comes to Abreu and Casas, I think there's injury concerns with Casas. If we're being real, the last year, like he had the knee sprain or the high ankle sprain, excuse me, that cost him, you know, multiple months at the beginning of the year. And then he went to winter ball. He lasted three games, had an issue with his knee and got sent back home for the winter. So like, how much can you depend on that? And listen, I I love Tristan Casas. I'd love him to play out there 150 times. I think it's good to have a little insurance there. So, hey, if you need to sit Tristan Casas on certain days as he goes through his first major league season, you can kind of say, all right, you go there and maybe we give Xander, hopefully, a breather at DH. Trevor Story, a breather at DH. Devers, something that you used to do when J.D. Martinez could play the field. And I think that would go a long way considering Devers was banged up all the second half. Bogarts wasn't healthy a majority of the year. And, you know, Trevor Story didn't play 100 games. Yeah. Mm. Roster construction. Jake, where are you at right now on uh, Xander Bogarts? What's your confidence level? One through 10. 10 being he's definitely coming back. I'd put it at like a 6.5 probably. Um, I'm just kind of waiting for something to happen. I feel like we've been in the same situation where like they say they're going to spend. We kind of believe them, but just hasn't really happened yet. So yeah, I'm just waiting for something to happen. Yeah, I I think I honestly... What I truly believe is that uh, the Phillies tipping their hand that they really want Trey Turner, that fucked with the Bogarts, Scott Boris plan, which again, there's nothing. It's not deceiving. It's not malpractice like Xander Bogarts. If I'm him and, and Trey Turner in an alternate universe is not a free agent and the Phillies really are hot and heavy on on Xander Bogarts, I would use every ounce of that leverage to get what I feel is my true worth from the Red Sox. It's not saying I'm going to milk you for every single cent, but it is saying like, hey, uh, you've never been faced with a situation where I could legitimately leave. Like you've never had to worry about that. Maybe now's the time for you to actually have to worry about that. So I don't know how, uh, because the Yankee thing, like as Tyler mentioned, I don't don't believe that there's any, you know, that's not like a legitimate threat. and, you know, if the Phillies really are all in on Trey Turner, unless unless Trey Turner, boom, magic signs with the Seattle Mariners, then the Phillies have to pivot to either Carlos Correa or Xander Bogarts. Then it becomes more of a, a, a leverage play for him. But until that happens, you know, I, I would hate to enter this sort of stalemate between Bogarts and the Red Sox where Bogarts has his number, the Red Sox have their number and the Red Sox have no motivation to come up from their number because they're like, well, I mean, who else is a major player for you? If the Braves bring back Dansby Swanson, Correa goes to the Dodgers, Trey Turner goes to the, the Phillies. Then it's like, all right, well, where are you, where are you going to go? Like, are you going to go to a shitty team for, for more money? Because we know that you you you're really competitive and you want to get out there and play in front of fans and you want a chance to win a World Series again, so that's that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Is the free agent shortstop uh, musical chairs that's going to be going on this winter? Um, but we'll see how it plays out again. Because what what was that fucking? There was like a fucking uh, Reddit thread on the section 10 page. The other, like people were like, I thought the last episode that we did was great. Like I, that was like a 10 out of 10. Then people are like, oh, they're beating the Xander Bogarts thing into the ground. I'm like, bro, it's the first fucking week of the offseason. Guess what the biggest story is with the Red Sox? It's Xander Bogarts free agency. Like what the fuck are you? T- it's 
Were, were there any games to talk about? No. Did anybody sign anywhere? No. I don't know. I I have a question. Of. Like, I'm an idiot. Um, how does the baseball offseason work? Like, how, what is the t- like timeline? Because I feel like when I was a kid, the baseball offseason was like, hey, if you don't get your shit done at the winter meetings, you're a virgin and you're fucked for the rest of the offseason. Now it's like guys are signing like a week before spring training opens. So I have mm-hmm. no idea when to expect like the bulk of the action. I don't know like what the timeline is. Changes that, every single fucking off season. It really, like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like it used to be, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. It used to be like, like you said, people would sign at or before the winter meetings, but then you knew the Scott Boris clients, they don't sign till around Christmas and Christmas is really late for MLB free agents, especially the top ones. And now it's to the point where it's like, hey, um, we're actually already reported to spring training and uh, hey, look, we just signed Trevor Story. Yeah, Fuck yeah, right. dude. We got yeah. Trevor Story on the team. We thought we already <laughs> had the roster set. Turns out Trevor Story plays for this team. It's there's no rhyme or reason to it. I think it's infuriating. Like, like, like I think. Didn't the Red Sox like fucking like skip Thanksgiving with their families one year so that they could get Kurt? Was it Kurt Schilling? They went Kurt to Schilling. Thanksgiving. It was a trade, them, right? though. It was a trade. But like they were like, hey, if we don't get this done right now, we're fucked. Like it's it's over. So like, well, they, that's because I think the Yankees were were up as that. And Kurt Schilling didn't have an agent. So he, you could imagine how that fucking meeting went with, with uncle Kurt. He, he represented himself. So, uh, he, I believe he had a no trade clause. So he was basically in a position to choose what team he was traded to. And the Yankees made their pitch. The Red Sox made their pitch. And he was like, I like theirs better. So team Theo. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I miss the days of the winter meetings, man, where the winter meetings were like chaos and you had to eat, watch it like a fucking eagle eye. You'd be like, all right, this person just went into a meeting with with this team and blah, blah, blah. Like and they're not leaving without a deal like that. That shit was, it was like that in 2019. The 2019 winter meetings was like that, but it was also like, a, hey, like this is rare. Like this never fucking happens. That was when the Yankees signed Garrett Cole and a bunch, I think. The Angels signed Rendon. Like a bunch of shit went Strasburg. down at that winter meetings. But yeah, I, that, Strasburg got the extension. And th- yeah. that's really the only time we've seen Scott Boris, all Scott Boris clients push it to the wall like that, where he was like yeah. getting these deals done. Otherwise, he's waited. And, you know, we've seen that with Bryce Harper and everything. So that's the one thing. If you're the Red Sox, it's like, how far is this going to be drawn out? Scott Boris doesn't feel heat. He doesn't give a fuck. We know that J.D. Martinez, like we, we've seen it over the years where they're just willing to sit and wait to get their price or at least if they don't get their price, they'll take it at the end. That's what you worry about with Xander. And I think, you know, you get to a point who who kind of, you know, bends the knee first here because eventually the Red Sox, you know, they need they have so many things to do. It's like, how long can you leave, you know, arguably your biggest question mark this offseason open like that? That's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, because the last thing that you want to do is be all in on Xander Bogarts. But while you were chasing him down, you look up and you're like, wait a second. All the other shortstops are gone. It's like, and then the even even worse than losing Xander would then have to pivot to be like, 
Well, we signed Trevor Story. He's a shortstop, right? Everyone will be like, I fucking knew it. You've been planning for years to get rid of Xander Bogarts. Yeah, you just can't have that. You absolutely cannot have that. But, uh, you know, for all the talk about free agency, where I am most, I guess, intrigued about the Red Sox options, because think about it this way. You're going to sign Xander Bogarts, hopefully. Uh, you're going to extend Rafael Devers, hopefully. That combination of money is half a billion dollars, realistically, right? Probably north of that. You're paying half a billion dollars for players that are already on your team. Then you're thinking to yourself, well, where do they go from here? Like, how do you, like, you just maintained what you had last year, which is great. You want to do that. You want to keep these players. They're part of your core. But now where do you go? Are you going to sign Aaron Judge? No, they're not going to sign Aaron Judge. So the thing that intrigues me the most about this particular offseason is, the trade options. Like, where can you go right now with what you have? And if you're to believe Chris Cotillo, who seems to be very hot on the trails of Alex Verdugo being a trade piece this, this winter, um, you've got some chips to play with. You've got some pretty nice prospects, all credit to Bloom and his guys coming in here and, and building back up the farm system. Um, I, I feel like I've, People think that I'm like more of like the Dave Dombrowski mindset where I'm like, yeah, fucking trade them all and bring in an ace, like bring in the best pitcher because you trade all your top. Like, I'm not like that. But I think that if now if there were a time for Bloom to part ways with some blue chippers, I feel like this would be the offseason to do it because we're now talking about I don't want to use the word hot seat because I think the Red Sox have already refuted the 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 degree of temperature that Heim Bloom's seat is right now. But this this is the offseason if you're Heim to make an impact, to make a statement, being like, fuck you. Like I'm not necessarily I'm going for the World Series, but it's like I can't I, I have the balls to pull the trigger on a deal like this and spend money like that. Yeah, and I think there's been mouse droppings along with Verdugo. I think Nick Pavetta has kind of started to pop up a little bit as someone who especially if they go six-man rotation or whatever it may be, do they kind of opt to upgrade in that department? I think Tanner Houck, them telling him to prepare to start, I don't think it's 100% he's on this roster come next year. I think he could be someone they dangle with the hopes they don't have to give up any of the top three in the system right now, which is, you know, Marcel Meyer, uh, Tristan Casas, and Miguel Blaise. Miguel Blaise has entered that conversation now as a, in my opinion, I think a lot of people as an untouchable prospect. I, when you're getting Julio Rodriguez comps at 18, like things start to change. Like you're talking about the guy who could be the next Mookie Betts in your farm system with all the tools and all those things. And that's a huge thing to put on someone, but that's the way he's being talked about. I think you have to look at that like four through six area. Those are the names you're kind of looking to deal here. And, you know, that's your Nick York, you know, your Brian Mata, um, and your Sedan Rafaela. It's those three names there. And I think those three, depending on how you package it, throw Hulk or Tanner Houck in that conversation, that can get you something. That can get you something really solid. And will it get you Sean Murphy? That's the name that's kind of going out that Spear went all off about saying the Red Sox were very interested at the deadline. Didn't really walk that route because, hey, they wanted to start with Brian Bayo. As well as the Red Sox, if you tell me you want Brian Bayo, I'm hanging the fucking phone up. Don't say that shit to me again. We're not going that way. And they deserve to ask for it. It's Sean Murphy. You're getting three years of, you know, an elite catcher on both sides of the ball. But is it more Brian Reynolds? 
And that's the name I've kind of started to fall in love with this offseason that I think if you're looking for someone who's not going to so absolutely you're cheating destroy on, your on Murphy system, now. I am. I am. And I, listen, I know I love Sean Murphy, but look at where the outfield is. You don't have a lot of guys. You know, I like Rafaela. I think he's closer. You know, people compare him to Mookie. That's crazy. I know the mechanics look the same. He's elite defensively, elite, elite. I think he's more Kike Hernandez, which is still a good player, right? But would I consider that untouchable? No. You're lacking kind of that impact outfielder in your upper minors. I think Brian Reynolds is someone you could go after, hopefully get a deal done with that four through six range. And maybe you have to do a little something from your major league roster. But, you know, a guy who finished 11th in MVP voting in 2021. This past year had a 126 OPS plus and hit 27 homers. Like, and you'd be pushing it, trying to probably play him in right field. You know, he struggled defensively in center this year. He was six percentile outs above average. He was 98th percentile the year before. So I think it's somewhere in the middle. He's not a free agent until 2026, but that's the kind of impact bat you could put in a corner here and say, all right, like this guy is going to be middle of the order for the next three years and we don't have to think about it. I think yeah. that's Raphael what is, I know Coley's obsessed with Rafael. Um, and I've had I've had people that, you know, actually have seen him play baseball with their own two eyes. Be like, this guy's special. Like the defense is unbelievable. Incredible. Um, yeah. But I mean, to me, uh, he wasn't even like a top 20 prospect coming into the year. And then this guy just comes out of nowhere. And now he's like this this big thing. I, I'm not saying that's someone that you want to just usher right out the door. But it does scream to me. Uh, sell high. It does. It just it, does. And, and I know that Coley, Coley would never forgive me for saying that. Uh, I know that there's some prospect evaluators like, how could you ever do that? Like, you can't do that. But well, it's pretty easy. Like when you're in the Red Sox position, I was about to ask Pete this question. Pete, it what do you think familiar. is the highest area of, of need? If you were to if you were to make a trade and you're going to use blue chip prospects to do it, what area are you addressing with, with those bullets? Starting pitching. Thank you. Thank you. I don't need a fucking all-star catcher right now. I mean, like you could bring, I'm not saying that the solution is to bring back Christian Vasquez, but even if Wong and McGuire are your one-two punch behind the dish, whatever. Like, I, I don't think that that's going to really sink the ship if if you get what you get from them in 2023, fine. I think it, I, I don't think that it'll be elite. I don't think it'll be great. Maybe it's not even good, but I think the word is satisfactory. I can live with satisfactory at the catching position. What I can't live with is a rotation that fucking sucks. Like, yeah, you it, just it's, can't it's do like, that. It's like expecting to win in the NFL with a bad quarterback because you prioritized like the tight end position. Like, I feel like the tight yeah. end position is like the catching catching of baseball where it's like, you're probably not. There are like very few stars at this position. So like if you get one, it's a luxury, but you just want satisfactory performance and like somebody who can play like by this, like the skill set, not be a star. Yeah. So but the, you can't win without a quarterback here, and you can't win without starting pitching. No, no, it, it's it's like it's like we, we, we really bolstered the offensive line. Our quarterback sucks. It doesn't matter if you get to him or not. Like you're not going to get to him. But even if you do, he still sucks. Uh, the problem here is everyone wants starting pitching, right? Like that's every offseason teams want starting pitching and the cost for said starting pitching is astronomical. So 
are, are, are the Red Sox in a decent position to make a trade? Yeah. But I, I think the word is decent. They're in a decent position to make a trade. Uh, are they in a great position? Like, could Are they stacked to the gills to the point where they could outbid some of the best farm systems or some of the most aggressive? I don't think anyone would use the word aggressive to describe Heimblum and the way that he does things, which in a way is good. Like you don't want you don't want super aggressive. Has it worked for the Padres? No. No, it hasn't. Uh, should it work for the Padres? Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of like underperformance and whatever else. But um, yeah, I, I like I just yes, that's the area that I think that they should address. That's the area that I expect them to address. I think it was last episode that we looked at the depth chart for what the Red Sox rotation would be if the season started today, and we laughed. We laughed because like <laughs> there's no way that you can not just win a champ, like make the fuck the bare minimum, be the number six seed. Getting getting into the postseason with that rotation, I'll spare you the Garrett Whitlock uh, speech about how I don't fucking want this guy in the rotation. That's pretty well established by now. Pete, you weren't here last week. How do you feel about Garrett Whitlock in the rotation? I mean, I've been here several times throughout the season. and You've been banging that drum. <laughs> well, I want to know how you feel about it. I I don't really care either way, but I do think that like. If you can have a lights have out guy. All right. Well, if I have to care, I'd rather have uh, like a lights out end of the bullpen guy. And I think that he has Thank you. a higher ceiling as being wow. an end of the bullpen guy than a starting pitcher. Thank you. That is my so, personal take on it. I think he's a right. good, I think he could be a good starting pitcher, but I think his ceiling is higher as an end of the bullpen guy. When we're talking a starter here, right? Pursuing a starter through trade, is there one that comes to your mind that you think? Because we heard, you know, the Guardian said Shane Bieber ain't going anywhere. I think if you're talking about, you know, a top of the rotation starter, like a true ace, the only team that really fits that profile, the Diamondbacks aren't moving Zach Gallen. He's been pulled from that list as well. Is it Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns? Or are you hoping to get yeah. one of those guys? Those are really the guys, right? And yes. if you do, it's going like their contract situations. Obviously, I think Woodruff is a lot more likely to be dealt. Are you willing to trade, you know, at least one of those top three to get a deal done? Are you willing to trade Marcel Meyer for that? Are you willing to trade Tristan Casas or Miguel Blaze? And probably I'll be real. I don't even know if Blaze is a strong enough chip. It probably has to be one of the three of, you know, Meyer. Casas Bayo. Yeah, it's that's what's interesting. And it sounds so lame where it's more of like a Jesus take the wheel situation. Like you're just like, yeah, I know that we need a really good starting pitcher. I don't know who the fuck it is that it's going to be. Like, I don't want to be like it was very clear that going into 2016, I was like, David Price, David Price is a guy. That's the guy I want. Pay him the money. Get him to Boston. That's the guy. Boom, done, happens. This time around, uh, I love Corbin Burns. Um, I obviously love Shane Bieber. And I don't, whenever a team says we're not trading this guy, I never believe them. I just go back to the Oakland A's and Josh Donaldson situation where Oakland told the Red Sox, fuck off, we're not trading this guy. And then like three days later, trade him to the Blue Jays. If, if the, if the price is right, it's, it, it is what it is. Like there, no one is off limits. Uh, you'd be a fool to not trade someone for the right price, especially if you're the Guardians, you know, like that's a guy that you know, the, the, the Guardians don't pay and they don't shell out money unless you're Jose Ramirez and he deserves it. Um, 
there, and there even could be concerns with Bieber health wise. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm not saying that like Bieber is the guy I would love to have Shane Bieber on this team, but, uh, if the guardians are not interested in, in, in making that trade, then, you know, it, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, there's some interesting right handed starting pitching options, which I feel like is important when you've, for the most part, we're pretty stacked with lefties. I know that Rich Hill probably is not coming back. Chris Sale, you can't expect anything from. Um, but yeah, I, I would start. I would start with raiding the the Brewers stash over there because they just told you last year we don't plan on paying guys when they become too expensive for us. Uh, we would rather trade them and save on cost and get back whatever return is coming our way than have to shell out X amount of dollars for a guy that we feel uh, has we've gotten the best of the best from. You guys can have whatever's left. Like That's how the Brewers are operating right now. Uh, so yeah, Brandon Woodruff, uh, Corbin Burns. I think Burns would obviously be the, the preference. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't references. know what Heim's thinking. Heim is too fucking tight lipped. There, like, there are going to be virtually none or very little. The Red Sox are interested in so and so. Like that. That's that's the part that sucks as a fan. Yeah, I think the way I'm looking at it right now is: Do I think they're going to need an ace? I do. Do I think they're going to do it? I don't. I, I don't think they're going to give up the capital. I think Woodruff's a little more likely than Burns. Um, both of them are free agents in 2025, but if it's going to cost one of those top guys, I have a hard time seeing them do it. I, I don't think they go that it's a far. Tough I think it is. And that's where I would go and say, and I thought Ian Kundal of Sox prospects made a good point. Like if you're trading all these prospects, you probably want someone who's going to be on the field every single day. You throw money at kind of the top of the rotation guy. But you look at really the three guys you can consider an ace is Jacob deGrom. Really doesn't make sense for you. Not that he would come here anyways, but the guy's injury plagued and you don't need another question mark. Justin Verlander, I think there is things that make sense. No QO, but you know, he's 40, right? So like, and would he, and he even want to come to Boston? He wants a three-year deal. He wants and a that's another three-year deal. And then you say Carlos Rodon, who, you know, this is really the first year he's had a full healthy season. You know, the year before was the breakout campaign, but he was so worn out by the end of the year, he wasn't even effective. So it's like, do you want to hand the bag to one of those guys? I would look at Rodon and say, how different is this than Kevin Gosman? And we, we sit here and talk about Kevin Gosman all the time, right? What, how could the Red Sox not fucking call them one time or call him and just say, what, you know, what are you thinking? Well, Rodon's kind of a late bloomer like Gosman was. Injuries, uh, underperformance, kind of couldn't figure it out, was on the borderline of falling out of baseball. You know, we... Kevin Gosman was on the Reds at one point. Like he was getting flipped as people tried to figure him out. Are you having a shot at someone who's really about to have, you know, maybe it's not all five years, but you're going to get three really good prime years and, you know, a couple of mid rotation years. I don't know. That's a game changer. And if you really want to win, you want to be going deep in the playoffs, you're going to need that ace guy. You know, a rotation yeah. of twos and threes only gets you so far. And that's where some of my concern will go. But I'm, I, my feeling is they're going to go that route. I think they're going to go six-man rotation and say, whether it's Nate, and we got to get into that with him turning down the QO, but is it Nate and Kodai Senga? And you sit there and say, we hope either Kodai Senga is a little bit better than advertised. You know, I've heard anywhere from a two to a four. 
Is it maybe Brian Bayo takes that step this year and he can be an upper rotation arm? Is it we believe Garrett Whitlock can be that guy? Or Nate Evaldi can be 2021 again? Here's, That's uh, what you're banking yeah. on. Here's my idea. Shohei Otani. <laughs> We'd have nothing left. I don't care. Give him everything. <laughs> Are you okay? So would you take being like garbage just to see Shohei Otani on a nightly no, basis? No, but I'm saying like, yo, sell the entire fucking farm system. Like, let them have the city of Worcester if they want it. <sighs> Give them everything. They can that have, is going to be great to see some team just absolutely deplete their entire fucking organization to get that guy. Everything. Yes. <laughs> Whoever trades like, for Shohei Otani will get fired within the next year and a half. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be a fucking sick year and a half. You get to watch Shohei Otani every day. Yeah, you'll sell a ton of tickets. <laughs> you might win 65 games, but it's going to be so sick every fifth day seeing Shohei <laughs> out there just doing right. his thing. I, I yeah, truthfully believe if 2.3 runs the support. If Haim had to put together that package, I think he'd go into cardiac arrest. <laughs> I think he'd die on the fucking spot. If he had to write out those prospect names all on a piece of paper and get on the phone, I think he'd die. <laughs> yeah. There's always like... Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I'm just saying. You know, I will say for the Red Sox rotation, I would prefer if they shot higher. I think with the Nate of all these stuff, with him turning down the QL, that's a win for the Red Sox, by the way. Just a win. Huge win. Even though they didn't get the multi-year. Yeah, they didn't get the multi-year deal done. Okay, whatever. They'll continue to have those conversations as they said. But at this point, yeah, hold Nate of on your price because his market just kind of got fucked by you. You're a guy, you know, Nate of all coming off a tough 2022. Now he has the qualifying offer attached to him. That's not a fun spot to be when you're kind of a mid-rotation arm. Well, you know what else is like a really big win? What? When you crack open a fucking ice-cold blue moon. Tell me more. Baseball season's over, as you know. You can still feel that ballpark nostalgia with Blue Moon. In fact, Blue Moon was born in a ballpark. I'll be there. At the uh, Sandlot Brewery in Denver, Colorado. I'll be there, what, Sunday? I'm going from Austin, Texas to Denver, Colorado just to go see the Blue Moon uh, Brewery. I'm very excited about that. Blue Moon's one-of-a-kind experience isn't just for baseball season. It's also perfect for holiday season, which is almost upon us here. Thanksgiving coming up real soon. It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color, iconic orange slice ritual, and authentic ballpark roots will make you your holidays unique and flavorful. <clears throat> I know that uh, this Thanksgiving, I'm bringing Blue Moon with me. When I come home for the holidays, I'm not showing up empty-handed. I'm bringing some Blue Moon. And I can't wait to taste that coriander. Celebrate the holidays. From its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is one of a kind beer that's made brighter. Pete, is that one of your favorite beers of all time? Blue Moon? Of course. Yeah. The delicacy. Do you ever like where where do you where do you go to get your oranges? Because I know that you're not having Blue Moon without oranges. Uh, the grocery store. Yeah, you or do. I buy, uh, that's right. 
I uh, uh or Costco because I do uh I do drink a, a lot of Blue Moon and I do do a lot of old fashions. So I need a lot of fucking oranges. Yeah. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? Best served with a signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful, hazy color. A beer this good only comes around once on a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all holiday season long. Enter for a chance to win an exclusive holiday, uh, a blue moon paper shoot camera to immortalize those unforgettable holiday moments. Wow. Make your holidays brighter than ever with Blue Moon. Get Blue Moon delivered by uh, delivered and enter to win an exclusive paper shoot camera at get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared, J-A-R-E-D. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon uh, Brewing Company, Golden Colorado Ale. No purchase necessary. Open to legal residents of 50 USDC. 21 plus only. Begins uh, November 1st, 2022 and ends on... New Year's Eve 2022 includes four entry periods for rules. Visit bluemoonholiday.com. Void where prohibited. Message and data rates may apply. Uh, speaking of being in Austin, Texas, Pete. I was you know who say, I went to dinner with last night? You didn't even mention that. You didn't even mention yeah, where in Austin, Texas. Vacation. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's one mm-hmm. of my favorite places on earth. I, I've only been here once, but it was a long time ago. Um, I went to dinner last night. With uh, Brett Merrin. Oh, hell yeah. That's my guy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that that was your guy. Yeah, it's my guy. Yeah, I, I, I just uh, <clears throat> brunch brunches under their podcast network over there. Correct. Yeah. And Brett's a big hockey guy. So me and Brett. He does love I hockey. went to school with uh, set. I went to school with several people that uh, Brett went to high school with as well. So there's like a bunch of like weird different connections. Me and, me and Brett. Brett's a good old guy. Austin boy. Hook him. We do love Brett Merriman <clears throat> on this podcast. Uh, speaking of Texas, Nathan Avaldi received the qualifying offer from the Boston Red Sox and he said, fuck you, dude. I'm not interested. I'm interested in a multi-year deal to which the Red Sox said, how's three years, $7 million sound? I don't know what the deal was, Tyler. I don't know. Have you heard anything about what the, what the offer was? I'm assuming it was not great because he uh, has not accepted an offer from the Boston Red Sox at this current moment in time. Yeah, I don't have a number, but I'd, I'd guess it's somewhere, you know, that Red Sox are probably closer to... 12 or 13 i bet he probably wants 15 to 17 that'd be my guess so turn it down one year 19 for 17 per over three presumably would you do that 17 over three yeah yeah uh, i think 53 years 51 yeah, I would because I look at Nate Evaldi and I say, if you're going to not go and get an ace, you're going to kind of sit here and fill your rotation with twos and threes and hope for the best. Okay, well, at least I know Nate Evaldi is someone a year ago who finished fourth in Cy Young voting, who led the American League in FIP, who when he started game one in the playoffs multiple times, did anyone here sit and be nervous? No, they believed in Nate Evaldi because he shows up in October. He is one of those old fashioned dudes. and. 
there was plenty of things that went wrong this year, right? Like we saw he struggled. He wasn't himself. He what made 20 starts. The velocity was down. I'm guessing the Red Sox wouldn't even be having these conversations if they didn't believe the Velo would come back for him. So I'm assuming they think that Nate Evaldi is still there. But as we talked about last episode, Nate Evaldi's worst season, when you look at the advanced metrics and compare him to Waka, they're about the same. So if we're talking Waka, best case scenario is Nate Evaldi in his worst year. It made more sense to throw that money at or throw the QO at Nate Evaldi. And now, hey, go out to the open market, see if another team will offer it you. Teams are not going to want to give up a pick for you. And if they do, great. Someone wants to take that jump. We have options. You know, Chris Bassett, I think, is someone who's very similar, uh, maybe a little bit of a higher floor and a little more healthy that you could bet on. Kodai Senga, these other guys. But at the end of the day, if Avaldi goes and walks, the Red Sox are going to get a pickback. Now, this is part of the luxury tax issue. It's not going to be between the second and third. It's going to be between the fourth and the fifth. So, you know, you're not getting that same value all the way back, but that maybe makes them a little bit more willing to look at some of the free agents that do have a QO next to them. Especially if they bring Bogarts back. I'm glad you brought up the name Chris Bassett. (laughs) Glad you brought up Bassett. Bassett's a guy that I'm very much interested in. With Evaldi or without? Uh, I don't know. What are all the fucking nerd websites saying that that Bassett's fetching in free agency? Uh, Like something like three years is like 60, like right in that range. Um... Yeah, why not both? It, it's not crazy, but then you're walking down that road of number, you know, Bassett. What would you consider him? A number three, maybe a number two. Yeah, sure. A good year. Yeah, yeah. You're filling your rotation up that way. Some people would say, well, if you're going to go get Bassett, who has a QO attached to him, which is part of this conversation, would you rather Bassett or do you want to take a shot on maybe someone like Kodai Senga who doesn't have a QO next to him and maybe has a little more ceiling? But you don't know what you're getting out of him. You know that Bassett's going to go out there and give you, you know, a 350 ERA over 30 starts. I'll fucking take that for for the for the money. Like some some team is going to go out there. Maybe it's the Texas Rangers and and give 40 fucking million dollars a year uh, to a Jacob DeGrom or Justin Verlander. But obviously there's uh, I don't want to say that it's a guarantee, but it's about it's pretty close to a guarantee. I guess a Justin Verlander, even if he's fucking 40 years old, he's going to go out there and and be a dog for you. Just won the Cy Young Award. Congratulations to him. Uh, But yeah, I, I, I think I'm not really opposed to going out there and filling out like because that's why like we keep forgetting that 2018 winning his team in franchise history. And everyone's like, yeah, but that team had Chris Sale. He was the ace of that team. Chris Sale was fucking hurt. He was real. I don't want to say he was a non-factor, but like he wasn't like a great factor. That team went out there and won the World Series with some some twos and threes. Like Rick Porcello, Nate Evaldi, like those guys were like, you know, like when, when the Red Sox traded for Nathan Evaldi, it was a few weeks before the trade deadline. Like it wasn't like a deadline day acquisition. Everyone was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's nice. Like, no one was like, fuck yeah, dude. We secured the bag. We got Nate. Let's go to the fucking world. Like, it wasn't like that. Like, he, he has proven that he can be uh, a game one starter in a playoff series. He's got big old balls. So, uh, yeah, I, I would love to have Nathan Avaldi back. Like, in, in some terms, I guess you could call him an ace. But, like, he's not really an ace. Like, he's not... 
He doesn't belong in the same class as like Verlander and DeGrom and Scherzer and those guys. He's he's probably a tier below that, which is still really good. So I, I like when you when you think about the trade market and like who are you going to use all these blue chip prospects on to bring in whoever. And the name that I haven't said is because it's unrealistic and it just it's unfortunate that you're in the same division. I would fucking not a gallon of of Elmer's glue if the Red Sox traded for Tyler Glass now. I would. I would. But that's just not going to happen. You're not going to trade within the division, that guy. And you're not going to make the trade with the dude that made the trade. <laughs> like like the days of Dan Duquette trading for Pedro Martinez twice. It, that's just not going to happen anymore. So, uh, yeah, you I, like, yes, I, I, I think I would be a lot more comfortable going into the season with some twos and threes and maybe, uh, you know, you'd mentioned like a four. Sure. Fuck, fuck it. Like I, I want innings. Like I want do the less I have to see the Red Sox bullpen, the better. Give me the twos and threes and fours that are going to go out there and give me whatever, 165, 180 innings. Great. The less I have to see this fucking bullpen, the better. Because now, you know, fucking Tyler is advocating for taking the only good thing in that bullpen and putting it in this dog shit rotation. So the bullpen is going to do John Schreiber like that. Don't do John Schreiber like that. John Schreiber, who I love, absolutely fell apart at the end of the year, and he is not a proven commodity. And you have no idea what he is. You have no idea what he is going to be next year. No idea. If the velo is where it needs to be, I know he's an eighth inning guy, but I think that's fair, right? You, you don't know. Maybe we've seen Nobody relievers knows. break out like that for a year and shit the bed the next year, but that goes back like to the Whitlock thing. I told you, if you don't take care of the bullpen and Whitlock's in the rotation, you fucked up. You can't do it. Can't do it. If you don't take care of the bullpen, Garrett Whitlock should not be in the rotation. You can have that luxury if you take care of it. And that's where I go like Tanner Houck. If he's here, he's my closer. I, I'm pretty firm on that now. I've been doing a lot of thinking about it, trying to say, eh, does it make sense? It does. I liked what I saw from Tanner Houck when he moved into the closer role. He stabilized the team until the entire pitching staff died. Um, you could put Tanner Houck in that ninth. Go get me, you know, another quality eighth inning guy. Maybe, uh, you know, another high leverage lefty arm. And then we can have that conversation. Can you get me, you know, something like Andrew Chafin? And can you get me something like Seth Lugo? And start to build up depth. And you need probably a little bit more than that. But that's where I'd start to have that conversation. Fill out that bullpen so you don't have to worry. You need a load of arms. And then you bring that six-man rotation. You can give you know, someone like Nate Evaldi and bring him back and say, Hey, we didn't have an ace, but we're putting him in the best position possible because he doesn't have to be an absolute workhorse. He's pitching every six days or you know, on that kind of schedule. Even if you go get Sanga, hey, you're coming from Japan. It's all good. You're going to pitch on the same schedule you did in Japan. There's nothing to worry about here. We're going to keep you healthy. Whitlock, you're not going to die. We're going to actually build you up this year and let you become the starter we know you can be. We're going to let you become that number two or number three arm that dominated the Angels so much people were comparing him to Jacob deGrom that night. And that was Imagine, a real thing. Ima- by the way, I was at that game that night. Imagine seeing one start from fucking Garrett Whitlock and being like, I'm holding on to this. It wasn't like, this one is, start. Do you remember the Tampa Bay start? I believe the Rays fucking suck. They can't Oh, spare hit. me. Then what are the Red Sox? Oh, spare me. I'm frustrated. I want Fuck off. Garrett Whitlock Fuck in off. the rotation. I'm so frustrated about this. <laughs> He's not a fucking starter, Tyler. And you're going to see, 
You're going to see by the all-star. Let's make a bet. I don't even know what the wager is going to okay. be. We'll make a bet by the all-star let's break. The Garrett Whitlock will either be a, and I'm not wishing injury on the injured list or B in the rotation or, or in the bullpen by, by the all-star break for All right. Well, let's, let's go through the reasoning here. Is he, if he's hurt, he's hurt, right? Like then you just chalk it up to what it mm-hmm. is. I think that's a little unfair considering, you know, he's a guy with, he got hurt even when he was in the bullpen. Um, sure. But yep. True. If we're talking in not being effective, all right, I'll bow. I'll bow down. I'm and saying to just plans. Like, plans change. Like it's November 17th, so roster construction. Like you could have an entire off season right now where it's like, yeah, no, we originally we planned on having Garrett Whitlock in the rotation, but like we just fucking signed this guy, that guy. We made a trade for this dude, and then this guy emerged, and we just we didn't need him there. Like he's just way better as as a reliever, or at least most non stupid fucking idiots know that he's he's way better as a reliever than he is as a starter. So let's just put him right back in the bullpen because we don't have a fucking bullpen. So it should just make a bunch of sense to leave him where he's the most dominant. You know. I just I just love how we sit here and we fawn over Garrett Whitlock. And the reason you fall in love with him is because he's throwing no, nine outs. You fawn over him, Tyler. Uh, we all fawn, fawn over, over him. him. Don't do that no, to me. You, We're talking you. about Garrett Whitlock. We fell in love with Garrett Whitlock because he's going three Pete, innings do you fucking and dominating. fawn over Garrett Whitlock? Do you fawn over him? I love I No, fawn, that's I, a good word. Fawn's a like good him. word. I love him. I love Garrett Whitlock. I wouldn't he is say the, wouldn't say I'm um, like blood flowing to my penis. Talking oh, about my Garrett penis Whitlock. is so erect thinking about Garrett of Whitlock. Because you're, your you're fucking you're Tyler Milliken. Who gets yeah. you? When you talk about Red Sox, they haven't developed pitching prospects in years. We finally have Bayo. Bayo gets me extremely hard as well. But Garrett, yeah, he's not a developed Garrett Whitlock, pitching prospect. He's a fucking rule five guy. I know, and for him to turn into this, that we view Garrett but that Woodlock, doesn't count. And he could like be if a you want to talk starter. about developed pitching prospects, I'm not putting Garrett Woodlock in the same class as John Lester and fucking Clay Buckholtz. And what and years was that, Jared? How old was I? I was fucking seven years old when they were coming up. Right? I'm 24. It's just, it's, it's, I'm 24. <laughs> it's just not, it's not the same class. Like, I just don't, I don't put Garrett Woodlock in the same class as those guys. So... I don't know. I but if again, Garrett Willock what can I'm hoping that for number two or number three starter, then he is that. You, I killed Jared. He's not going to be. He's not going to be. All right, that's just if, if say twenty five starts, we get twenty five starts out of Garrett Whitlock in twenty twenty three. What's his ERA? Okay. 428. Oh, I, I'll go 36, 35. Yeah, because you're a fucking Garrett Whitlock toe sucker. Or if I look <laughs> at Garrett Whitlock and I see at a 415 ERA, but a 360 FIP, I think I can see there was some bad oh, luck in there for a guy who go. wasn't healthy. What if he wasn't what if healthy? What if he's what if he's got a 428 with a 479 FIP? Then what? Then I tell you, the advanced metrics are, sell- are telling you he's worse than the ERA. But the advanced metrics are telling me he's better than his ERA while pitching on one fucking hip. He's walking around like an old man and he never got a chance to yeah. build up. I- mm-hmm. Imagine sitting in the bullpen because the Red Sox jerked your dick around so much that you had to get stretched out while attempting to start on this Red Sox team where you're going three yeah. innings and then four innings and then five innings and hoping to actually be a starting pitcher. How about we give him a mm-hmm. full offseason to put it all together? How about that? Or, or I get a better idea. You want to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. My idea. Yep. Let's Tyler. hear your stupid idea. Here's my idea, right? <clears throat> your stupid idea. Yep. You, you fill out the rotation 
with actual starting pitchers so that you don't have to put your best fucking reliever in the goddamn rotation, Tyler. That seems like a great idea to me, you know, especially because, again, I've, I've said this before. You do not have someone waiting in the wings to take Whitlock's place at the back end of the bullpen. Yes, I you disagree. can use the name Tanner Houck. You can use the name Tanner Houck, but Tanner Houck was already fucking there. He was already fucking there. And we, we've seen them side by side. All due respect to Tanner Houck. I think he's a good reliever. I think he did OK. I think he did slightly above average, maybe even in the closer spot. That's great. Eight for but nine. Eight does for he nine do, and save opportunities. Does, does he do? Does he do what Garrett Whitlock does as a reliever? Does he do it? No, no. He you does, fell he in does love not. with Garrett Whitlock pitching three innings in the bullpen. That's what you fell in love with. You didn't fall in love with Garrett Whitlock in a traditional closer role because they've never really consistently used him in a traditional closer role. That's part of the you know frustration with this whole situation. He was never traditionally a closer. No. That's an FR, by the way. We're, we saw Garrett Whitlock <laughs> pitching seven, eight, nine, and you were like, oh shit, he could go through an entire order and dominate. Okay, well, I think he could go through an entire order twice and dominate and pitch six innings. I, I think he can do that. I think it's possible. Just let him have a chance. Do you, do you, know, what, do you know what this what? boils oh, down to, though? Do you know, do you know what this boils down to, to, Tyler? This boils what? down to what I'm saying, what I'm saying, what I want Garrett Woodlock to do. I've already seen him do it, and I want him to do it again. What you want Garrett Whitlock to do is something that none of us have ever seen, and you're just hoping that he can do for the first time. That's, that's the no, difference. I've here. seen it in starts. I've seen it in starts. I've seen it when he was healthy. I've seen him when he was right. Never, dominate the Angels and completely obliterate them. Over the court, never over the course of a full season have you seen that. You've seen you bring up two fucking start. You bring up the fucking Angels start and the Rays start. That's it. That's what the hey, I saw this guy make two fucking starts, so I know that he's he's he could be a number two. He could be a number two in rotation. Yeah, you act like he had a six ERA, Jared. You act like he had a Hopes six ERA. It was just over four. Hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams oh that I God. believe Garrett Whitlock I wish, can be a starter I wish in the we big had leagues. Jake, do me a favor. Get fucking I want I want to get uh uh Disney Tourism as a sponsor for this podcast because it, it's it the, the whole fucking show is built off of hopes and dreams. Tyler's this guys hopes and going, dreams. This guy's oh, I want to talk about fucking, the fucking Tyler's guys fucking going to Disney World. <laughs> Tyler's fucking hopes and dreams. Let's look at the game log because apparently all I talk about is the Angels and the Rays. Please, oh, please, I, please. I forgot when Garrett Whitlock pitched six innings and gave up two runs against the Orioles. I forgot about that. Oh, wait. I forgot about when Garrett Whitlock pitched six innings against the Reds and didn't give up an earned run himself. I forgot about those. Those just didn't cross my mind. That Garrett Whitlock. Did you just use the Reds as an example? Yes. He was a score. The Reds are not even bats. a real fucking baseball team. <laughs> I don't care. It's Major League Baseball. These are multiple starts. Don't tell me there are two starts where he looked that good because there were multiple and he was doing it on one hit. All I'm saying, listen, you're acting like if Garrett Whitlock goes to the rotation, it's like, oh, fuck, he'll never be able to pitch again. He's Daniel Bard. What are we going to do? No, it's I, not hey, fucking that. Hey, don't, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I didn't fucking I never summoned the name of Daniel Bard. I, I think that the people that bring He's up Daniel Bard, Daniel Bard he has three pitches. He has three pitches. Well, on I like don't. Daniel I Bard. didn't. I never said I'm not one of those people. It's like, oh, it's Daniel Bard all over again. I'm not one of those people. I'm not saying that putting him in the rotation is going to break him. I'm just saying that it, it, I, he is better suited. It helps the Boston Red Sox more if he's in the bullpen. And all I'm saying is if you properly take care of your bullpen the way you need to, you have a chance at having a number three or number two starter, in my opinion, on extremely good money for, you know, four years. 
you know, the extension was four years plus two more option years on top of that. If you can get that kind of guy to be a mid to top rotation arm, that is fantastic value and something that will pay for it. And every team is trying to have young pitchers on, you know, contracts like that. If you can get one of those, you see how far it can take you and you can build a rotation like the Astros. That is young, that is powerful, and that can carry you over the course of the season. That brings me to my next point. If you're the Red Sox, why wouldn't you be interested in hiring James Click? Has a previous relationship with Hein Bloom. And the debate that we just had about the Red Sox bullpen, James Click built the Houston Astros bullpen, one of the best, if not the best, in the league. And until you watch those games in the playoffs, unless you're an Astros fan, I will probably challenge you on you not knowing a single fucking name in that bullpen besides maybe Presley at, at the back end because you're familiar with uh, you know his, his bouts against the Red Sox maybe in prior playoff series. Like That is not a star-studded bullpen, but it's nasty. Like every every guy that they call upon in that bullpen, you're like, fuck. Then we gotta face this guy. And if we get past him, we gotta face this guy. Like I, I know that it hasn't been rumored. I'm not saying that it's like um, it's not like wink wink nudge nudge. But if you're the Red Sox, why aren't you? I guess because he could probably have Heim Bloom's job in a different organization. Like I I think that if he were to come here, he's essentially accepting a demotion unless they the Red Sox are the kings of making up job titles. They could make up a job title and be like, yeah, well, it's actually higher than general manager, but it's below uh, chief baseball officer, which we also made up. Like, that's a made up job title that we gave to Heim Bloom to be like, you're kind of like a general manager, but not really. A gen- you're, you're cooler than a general manager. You're the fucking chief baseball officer. That's that's greater than the uh, <laughs> director of the player up op- what the fuck president of baseball operations which was dave dombrowski so that's like a, the chief and then there's the president but you james click you can be you can be the fucking uh <laughs> i don't even know what you would call it yeah uh, let's make up a job title for james click right now he can be oh the the emperor of baseball uh 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 construction he's the emperor of baseball <laughs> construction and that is above the president of baseball operations, but it's below uh, the the chief baseball officer. So, but it's also two levels above general manager, which is what you were in Houston. So technically it's a promotion. You're just not above Heim. Uh, so if you want to be the emperor uh, of baseball construction, come on to Boston. We'd love to have you. And a funny thing about that. So Bloom and Click wrote a baseball prospectus together. When Bloom got mm-hmm. hired by the Rays, he was the one who recommended them to hire Click. So, like, that relationship really is, like, there. Now, I think James Click knows it's probably not going to happen this year because the only job open right now is the Astros, and Jim Crane now thinks he's the, you know, the GM. So he's going to play this game or whatever. Can you get James Click to say, all right, well, I'm going to have to wait a year. You hire him in some consultant role. You take what he can give you. You learn. It's nice to have another voice like that. A la kind of what Dave Dombrowski did with like Frank Wren. Frank Wren, yeah. Right? And you say, hey, like, you're a voice I respect. Come sit with me in the fucking box every night. We'll talk some shit through and you can be my sounding board. The Braves basically just told Frank Wren to fuck off after he was like, yeah, BJ Upton, give you a contract. He just just blew it in Atlanta. And then the Red Sox were like, yeah, I guess we'll give you a paycheck, but like, we don't really give a fuck what you do. Like, it's... 
it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just just want to throw that feeler out there. I, I'm sure he's going to get a better job unless we made up the the emperor um, of baseball construction job title and gave him a promotion technically in this organization. Which again, we should we should look into that. Um, maybe you know what? It's been a while. It's not been a while since we've spoken, but it's been a while since I've asked him about coming on the podcast. Maybe we'll get Heimblum on here. Yes. And ask him about creating a job title that is technically above uh, president of baseball operations and then hiring James Click to bring him in here to, to build a bullpen. Maybe he'll find that insulting. Maybe he'll he'll respond back and be like, what do you mean? You think I can't build a bullpen? To which I will say, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that bullpen sucked. And it, does it start I mean, with do you, you? Do you think that you built a good bullpen last year, Heim? Are you gonna fucking cry, Tyler? You think if I if I ask Heim Bloom about his bullpen building you, abilities you that, that he I will. Heim and I have Heim, a great relationship. Heim has murdered somebody. Like I think back to 2021, he just murdered Adam Ottavino and never apologized for it. Like like he rode Adam Ovino so or Adam Ottavino so hard in the first half of 2021, he wasn't even a reliever anymore. Like you couldn't even use him down the stretch run. And then he goes to the Mets this year and he's legit filthy because they don't kill him. So well, that's yeah, that's I, another name that just came up. I wouldn't be opposed. He's a name I'd put in there. The command improved. I think it was 5.1 walks per nine in Boston. It was like in the twos this past year. If he can replicate that, sure. I'd take, I'd bring Adam Adovino back. He had some nice moments here early. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to enjoy yeah. his experience. Hello. Did he? AP. That's, those were the quotes at the end of the year that he would have been open to coming back. He, he enjoyed his time. He felt like he called it home, but it felt like the tune did change a little bit when he got to the Mets, but maybe that was more. He just felt a little upset based on how everything played out, but he said at the end of the year he would have been happy to come back here. Mm-hmm. Why Have you heard otherwise? Speak to me, Jared. No, just, yeah. I don't know that I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I had. I don't know. <clears throat> Cross. Jake, write this down. Voice. I think. I think from now on, I should do my podcast standing up. I feel way more energetic and and animated when I do podcast standing. I've never done a podcast standing up. I used to do. I used to do Barcel Radio, and I would stand up in studio. Me and Kevin would stand up. Um, but I don't think I've done a podcast standing up unless we were doing like an interview in the dugout or something. I feel. I feel. I feel loose and limber. I feel alert. Write that down, Jake. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of, of Jake, uh, we have a, uh, a separate announcement. Uh, I want to make sure that everybody knows. Not only am I staying on the podcast, I'm staying committing to taking the paintballs. And I'm honestly like, I am uh, anxious. Like, I, I want to get it over with. So I'd like to do it sooner rather than later. Or I think it would be funny if we just were like, for the next calendar year, we can shoot you anytime we want <laughs> no i hate like that. you could just I be going so to the much. grocery store to buy your oranges to get for your blue moon and we can just fucking shoot you going out to your car this was not part of the deal that's the how i, I met your mother it was a loose agreement oh yeah the slap the slap at mm-hmm. uh, no i'm not a fan of that one i am i like it and uh we're gonna look into it 
we need to make like a full event now where it's like the I'm like the undercard is me getting hit by paintballs and the main event is you fighting Tyler over the uh, Garrett Whitlock's Garrett credentials. <laughs> Listen, Garrett Whitlock's going to take my side. Maybe at Winter Weekend. We can oh, uh, man. we can shoot you outside when it's 19 degrees. Oh, man. Like, all right, we're going to do a live show. And then after that, we're going to shoot Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, we probably can't do a live show. There's a, probably because... a liability hook there. No. I mean, the police would probably have to come and respond to shots fired, but it's Springfield. They, <laughs> they get that all the time. It's true. Or, or option B. Um, we can just shoot you in the hotel room. <laughs> we'll just put you in the bathtub. Well, I mean, I'm asleep I don't think after paint, a night of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we'll just that would we'll, be we'll rent out like a suite. The bed. It, <laughs> just bleed. It's like is it's that a redo? It's, it's a like, redo no, no, of the initial the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get. We'll have to get a penthouse because we need as much. Uh, we're we're not gonna shoot him point blank, so we're gonna need a, a bathroom with some runway. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think that we have to worry about breaking any tiles because we're gonna shoot Pete. So the paint would just obviously splatter in the bathroom. Um, but I'm sure that washes off. That's what it's meant to do. It's not like fucking fence paint. It's paintball paint. So, all right, at winter weekend, we're gonna shoot Pete in the bathroom and. However much uh, room we have to work with, it is what it is. You know, like it's January. We're not going to go outside. It's cold. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to shoot him in a hotel room. All right. That works for me. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea, though, of like hanging up a tarp. Like it's sort of like a fucking like a Dexter scene. And then... And then just unloading on the paintballs. I mean, you know, we're definitely welcome to take input from you. I mean, if you've got ideas, just you've got ways that you want to work around just this. Just secure a room. Just secure a room at the MGM or whatever it is, at like a conference room, and then be like, yo, Pete, we got a surprise for you. Come, come in here. Uh, it's a nice little event. And I walk in and it's just li- lined fucking floor to ceiling. <laughs> With uh, with like tarps and protective plastic, and you guys close the door behind me like it's fucking uh, Goodfellas, and, and I'm like, "Fuck, God damn it!" Was that the Godfather or the Godfather Two where they they light up Sonny in front of the like when he's at the toll booth thing? That Godfather Two. I'm asking fucking Jake and Tyler like they've ever fucking seen the Godfather. Did you just say you've never seen the Godfather? Never seen no. any of them. What's the What's the other one? Uh, Goodfellas. Good yeah, I've seen Goodfellas. I kept. I used to say. Uh, yeah, I get Wait, those two. Hold confused. on. Hold I, on. I, I hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Pete does a fucking movie podcast, and you've never seen The Godfather. Nope. Respect. I'm calling. Anything DJ. that was made before I was born. No. Anything that was made before. Oh, call, do do call DJ. Do I'm it. Calling DJ right now. Like DJ you don't even have a soundboard. What are you going to throw on speaker? 
you've reached the voicemail of DJ Bean. I'm like, oh, wow. What a, the what fuck a is loser. That? Oh, he, I think he's in a movie right now, actually, ironically. But if, so it, if what the movie's is, made before I was born, I don't have to see it. Agreed. That's wrong. It's the Godfather. It's good what are you talking about? Yeah, but it was made before I was born. I don't have to see it. If I see it, it's I just, good for me. First of all, I, I just assume that Jake hasn't seen it. Have you seen it, Jake? No, nah, I haven't seen it. Hmm. Only you, Jared. Says something. Yeah. Says a lot. Yeah. Maybe you're maybe you're just not as cool as you think. No, you guys aren't cool. I'm cool as fuck. I, I'm surprised that you ha- I'm surprised that you have seen The Godfather though. Like <clears throat> I mean, my dad fucking loves all those movies. Yeah, I figured that's probably what it was. You like it's, only watch yeah. scary movies. Can I, I ask you? Say. Can I ask you, are you excited about uh the menu? Because I'm seeing that tomorrow and I'm very fucking excited. What is the menu? I haven't even heard about that. It's like a prestige horror movie and it's getting incredible reviews. Oh, maybe I'll watch it Great cast. A illegal movie website. Mm-hmm. Is it already out? It's out today. That's where DJ is right now, actually. He's seeing that movie. He is seeing that movie. It's called The Menu. The menu. Oh, I saw the trailer for this. It this looks actually awesome. did look pretty sick. It looks incredible, and all the reviews uh, say that it is an awesome movie. So I'm very. It's excited. not on my illegal website yet. It's a. It's been a big year for uh for good horror movies. Oh, don't don't. If you say Smiley, I'm gonna puke. I haven't seen Smile. It's Smile uh, or yeah, whatever it is. Barbarian. I saw that movie's ass. Awesome horrendous. movie. Barbarian is an incredible Barbarian wasn't horror great. movie. It wasn't great. Wasn't great? It wasn't great. No. Barbarian. If you, if you like Barbarian, then you're like one of those artsy fartsy fucking losers that are like, you just you just have to like see the message. Like you have to like once you get past like the symbolism of Barbarian and like you just totally understand it on a different It's level. got layers, man. Barbarian's it's got a layers. Di- it's a, it, it was an it was awesome a dumb movie. movie. It was an you should awesome watch movie. it high. You should watch that movie high. If you high. if you do that, I, I feel like you could high. probably have a deeper appreciation for it. If you watch it dead, stone cold, sober, you're going to be like, what the fuck? What the fuck was that? That's going to be your experience watching that movie. That's that's a good that's a good takeaway to have. If you will come away from a movie you're like, what the fuck was that? It's going to stick in your head. I st- yeah. I was thinking about Barbarian for like two weeks after I saw it. I was like, that movie was fucked. Yeah, like it's 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 a horror movie that takes its liberties. Horror movies are supposed to be weird and they're supposed to be like, oh, like this could never really happen. And that's barbarian. It's like, well, that's fucking right. I, I like that. It just it goes for it. Yeah, I just don't know that it's it awesome. it in. <laughs> no, it did. It, it definitely did. went for it on fourth down. I don't know if the chains say first down. Listen, I'm I'm a. Uh, one for one in pop culture takes on this podcast uh, already because what was the other one I defended Robin Robin dancing on my own which like yeah Calum you were Scott, wrong about that one too good yeah that, that was a really bad take no it was a great yeah take. a lot of people right. a lot of people of, called a you lot a, of fans no a lot of listeners were on my side with that one I and, saw a lot of people and, they were playing stupid. a prank it, on it, you it, it's I don't think they were. And it has since sort of come full circle because the Bruins are using that as their victory song this year and they win every fucking game. So Bruins are a fucking hockey team. No one watches hockey. That's not true. I watch hockey. Who else here watches hockey? 
Jake watches hockey. Jake Don't watches a Jake. hockey. <laughs> Jared watches a little hockey too. I do. I just got those uh, those Bruins sneakers the other day. I'm like the king of yeah. buying gifts for people, like to check a box, be like, "Hey, it's your birthday. How about some fucking Bruins tickets?" And then just going like that's so like I'm gonna be doing a lot of that. Like, hey, Merry Christmas! Here's fucking glass seats to the Bruins. Guess who's gonna be with you though? Me. So I'm gonna be. Uh, that's usually that's usually the a majority of the Bruins games that I go to are are gifts to myself, but like I'm inviting someone else and making it think that it's their present too. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck it. You know? You should get uh, me, you, and Ellen tickets to the Bruins. You trying to fuck my mom? Whoa. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, Christ. I have too much respect for your dad for that. <laughs> and she's listening true. to the, like, she listens to every episode, but she's listening. Yeah, she listens to every episode. Ellen's a babe, but I respect your dad too Whoa! much to encroach on that territory. Yeah, well, that's fair. I wouldn't describe my mom as a babe, but I guess it's a compliment. Well, yeah, it is a compliment, and it's a fact. Yeah. You want to go to a game with my mom and me? Bruins game, yeah. I mean, you don't have to come. Me and Elking just go. She's she's an all. If you're going to get the tickets. My 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 adopted sister is is a huge Bruins fan. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I still want to go with that one. Okay. <laughs> I, that's a great call. That's a great call. Yeah. My sister is fucking like you, you listen to her talk for 10 minutes. You're going to want to blow your brains all over the <laughs> that's fucking That's not true. I like your sister too. Oh my God. No. That's, uh, no. that's a horrible thing to say. No, no, no. It's, I'm not saying it's her personality, although that's not great either, but her voice and her accent makes you want to just fucking... That's almost re-dick. worse because that's something she can't control. No, she can. She just chooses not to. I used to have a really bad accent too. No, look at me. You can't tell where yeah, I'm from. Yeah, you did. Yours was fucking horrible. Real bad. Point. It's called having a strong sense of con- uh, self-control condition some people have it some people don't i just happen to have it so do we miss anything tyler um no i think we checked everything need of all the uh Sean no but Murphy there actually stuff. is an update from jake i believe oh yeah i mean we had what's the update we jake? had venues like calling off the hook trying to line up to get people to see Pete get blasted um shoot me yeah so we do have one that that wants to host we could pick a weekend or we if we just want to get our own gun we can do it where is it winter weekend where where is this uh, can you tell me like the state yeah it's in Massachusetts it's 20 minutes north of Boston oh perfect all right cool all right yeah let's just do that I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to go too far to shoot Pete I can just go to his fucking house and do it Jesus Christ. What? I'll clean up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you didn't say paintball. You're like, I'm just going to go to your house and shoot you. You should have been a real gun. You're in Texas right now. I don't, it's on the table. That's true. They literally have like gunball machines. two days in Texas and he's like, I'm coming to your house and I'm shooting you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's like you, you walk around Texas long enough and it's like, yeah, there's a, you put a quarter in here and maybe it gives you a bouncy ball. Maybe it gives you some, some bubble gum. Maybe it gives you a, a revolver. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a nice city, Austin, Texas. So, uh, I'm going to, uh, oh, by the way, next week, uh, we're bringing back, uh, down the DM, Jake. Sounds good. Yeah. I think Steve tried to say that that was his segment, which maybe maybe was, maybe it wasn't. But I mean, he didn't invent DMs, and uh, maybe maybe uh, at some point Steve will make an appearance. I don't know. I would love to have Steve on. It's up. It's balls in Steve's court. I don't know if it was something where he couldn't do it before. It, it was. I, I don't know. He he. I think he. I think he was doing like the I can't do it because of my bosses. But like I don't. I think he just wanted to do his own thing. Now. I'm sure he wants an outlet to talk about the Red Sox. Hey, Steve, <clears throat> Steve, 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 Steve. The door is open. The door is open. If you want to come on, we'd love to have a conversation with you. Talk, talk socks. You, you love Pete. Have you, have you guys met Jake? Yeah, we met at the Red Sox game a couple times. Tyler, you ever met Steve? Not personally, but I will say Steve finally extended an olive branch to me last week after we uploaded the episode talking about my verification as someone who was also <laughs> verified the day before, you know, anybody yeah, was fucking losers. No, Pete, no. Can you, we, by the way, we can you make fun of Tyler? Of I, I totally forgot about that. Uh, Pete, can you no, make fun Pete, of Tyler no. for buying his blue check, please? Tyler, no. did you do it? Did you no. do it? Fortunately, immediately me had the same connection like, in the day. It was a we neck and neck race. Between Steve and Tyler on who paid for their blue check mark faster. Mm. Sounds like jealousy. That's tough. I uh, I hit Steve with a pretty mean meme uh, on Twitter like last week, uh, was making fun of him, making fun of him for buying the blue check mark, and it was just like a Squidward laughing meme pointing at <laughs> pointing at Steve. <laughs> yeah, it's not and, kind. Uh, it's Why don't you one. tag me? I didn't see it. Tyler, yeah, you you guys think you're so much better with your real. Because well, I don't want to be. I didn't want. I wasn't doing it to be like, hey, look, everybody, I'm making fun of Steve. But it was like I had to make fun of him. I had. To, I'm not gonna it. let it go. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna try to be the bigger man, and not like, so I'm not gonna like bully him in a and like make everybody laugh along with me. But I'm gonna bully him. I have to, Pete. Let me let me tell you this right now. Yeah. If roles were reversed. And Steve got a blue check from Odyssey and you didn't get one from whatever fucking 90 outlets that you've worked for that would have given you a blue check. You've worked for many reputable organizations. Uh, he would have been on you. I think he, if you bought it and he got it organically, he would have definitely called you out for buying it for sure. Yeah, I, I called him out. Call them out for buying it, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to. I didn't want to be like, "Hey, everybody, come on, we're going to make fun of Steve." What about Tyler though? Just, Tyler, Tyler fucking bought it too. I didn't. I cl- I clicked the check mark on your profile, Tyler, and it says you got the check mark because you subscribed to Twitter Blue. There is a glitch mm. going on that I haven't yeah. heard about. I did this see that on Twitter. It's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate glitch. Yeah. Uh, um, you, I listen, mean, uh, if you can get listen. that worked out. In the next uh, in the next week, I'll give you like a week grace period if you can okay. get it. Mm-hmm. But if if I come back next week and I click on your profile and I see that the check mark says uh, 
you have this check mark because you subscribe to Twitter Blue. We're gonna have to have some 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 discussions, and I might not be. Then the we get to give you a swirly every right, weekend. I, oh my god, <laughs> I, I have some counterpoints to this. I do. Please. First well, off, well, now that no one cares about the verification mark anymore, no one's gonna oh, really people think care. that any of them are fake. No, mm. no, I think people move past it. We're we're on to a new era here. Uh, I, I don't think people will click on these check marks to verify. I think most people are too lazy to do that. Oh, well, well, I wasn't too lazy, but I, I uh, did well, notice. You were inspired does. today by some people in this call. Um, I think the the second reason is now you can no longer buy the verification. So I think maybe it's almost kind of cool that I did it and now it's, people can't do it. No, because all that all that reveals is that you bought it as soon as you could. <laughs> like mm. There was no like sitting on like, ah, maybe I'll buy it. Maybe I won't. I'll, I'll see what happens. No, you were like, ooh, gates are open. I'm in. <laughs> like, I think that's a really mm-hmm. good lesson in life that if you want something, you should go after it. You shouldn't wait. And I, that, that's kind of the advice I took is, is someone who's really, you know, trying to reach their dreams and achieve things. You know, I, I saw the opportunity to a prostitute. <laughs> it's like losing your virginity to a prostitute. That's what you and Steve. I did. still smash, though. I still smash. <laughs> Still yeah, put my dick in. yeah but now but now yeah, like it's it's like now you're, it's now like you're losing your virginity to right. a prostitute yeah. but now for the rest of your life you have to wear a t-shirt that says <laughs> i lost right. my virginity to a prostitute <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> that's what paying still for the blue check is yeah still i mean you still hit but still everyone knows it. what everyone knows how it really went down though mm-hmm. so yeah judge me as you will i'd never judge you for it you have judged me. Mm-mm. I won't uh, even. My, I won't lie. My girlfriend's been clowning me about it as well. Oh, like, she's just putting it on me, and they're like, I, I, "I'm starting to question. Like, if people that close to me are saying it, like, maybe there is some some things I have to rethink You're, about my life." Is, is your blue check causing problems for you at home? <laughs> that sucks. That sucks. I'm really sorry it's to hear that. Look. Um, you guys can if you guys can survive that that uh watch party you guys can survive anything so you'll guys you'll pull through god well now you're making me seem like a bad person and i'll be honest no no no, it's not that you're a bad person it's just that i think that the your the the your behavior at the watch party uh was far worse or far more egregious of an offense than uh than getting a blue check mark paying for it i mean that's real and you know now that winter weekend's coming it's actually putting my relationship in another bad spot where you know january 20th to the 21st the 20th is actually my five-year anniversary um so Mm. you know i had to speak with her and let her know that like i love you babe but you know five years is five years before you know those five years the red Sox were there for me you know i mean the the red Sox took care of 10 years (laughs) when i was like busting loads and socks and shit Jesus and i was on my Christ. own i could still turn the socks game on every night and have a good time you know i like, like I, I i love that she Jesus showed up Christ. and i'm happy she's part of my life but like you know yeah. priorities are priorities so you know i'll be at winter weekend so you told your girlfriend you, you're, you're better than a sock and then she oh. said shut up you twitter blue bitch mm-hmm. it's almost like you were there <laughs> sounds like yeah. you guys have a real healthy relationship yeah. we're battling but we're, we're standing tall. winter Winter weekend always falls on my sister's birthday. I've never been to her birthday party. And she's always sounds like winter weekend. Probably haven't been invited based on the way that you talk about her on this podcast. I haven't said anything untrue though. Uh, well, I gotta head out. (laughs) 
All right, yeah, we also, uh, we got to go. Uh, down the DM, Jake, write that down. Down the DM is back next episode. Uh, are we back before Thanksgiving? Are we, do we want to do a, an, an early episode next week or what? I don't fucking know. Maybe we'll actually record on Wednesday for once. Maybe. Yeah, let's figure it out. We let's let's it record on Wednesday, but we're going to have to do it early because I'm getting fucked up at Cal. Bye, Pete. See you later. Uh, I'm going to get fucked up at Kowloon on Wednesday as I've been known to do on every Thanksgiving Eve. And I don't care. I don't care that I'm getting up there in age and it's kind of sad and everyone else in my graduating class is married with kids now and I'm not. Uh, my, my high school reunion is the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I've never been to a reunion of mine. I might show up at that one. Be like, let me just gauge where you guys are at in comparison to where I'm at and so that i can feel bad about myself that it's like oh is that your that's your five-year-old oh cool you have a mortgage payment that's sick wow i i'm i'm excited i'm excited to just compare lives hey be you don't be ashamed you've done well for yourself everybody achieves things in different parts of life you just that yeah. part of life's coming up next be proud of jared Carabas. yeah yeah why not yeah we'll see all right, we'll be back. We'll be back next week for more Garrett Whitlock debate. Tune in on Wednesday. See you then. Buenas noches, amigos.